Hey everybody, welcome to the Church of Jubilee podcast. God bless you. I pray that this week's message would be a blessing for you, that it would encourage you, and that it would sow a seed of the Word of God inside. As we look at the book of Acts chapter 20 this week, verses 7 through 12, we learn about a young man named Eutychus who was in sinking into a deep sleep. He had uh, he was there to serve. He was there to listen to the Word of God being preached. And he sunk into a deep sleep and he was super high up in a window, chose a window to sit down in, and he falls and he dies. But the great news is that the Lord honored him being there and, and allowed Paul, who was the one that was preaching, to be able to raise him through the power of the, of the Lord. He was able to raise him up and was able to bring him back to life. Well, this week's message is called Asleep at Midnight, and I pray that the Lord would bless you through it. I, I pray that you would understand and look at Eutychus, this young man, and see how at times he was careless in his positioning. And at the same time, he became sleepy. So I, I want you to just take this week's message, listen carefully to the Word of God being preached. Let it bless you. Um, the Word of God says to be sober, be vigilant, uh, vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Uh, we are to remain steadfast in the faith, we are to resist him and know that the Lord is able to bring you back from wherever you have been, despite your shortcomings, despite where you've been or what has happened in your life. God was able to raise Eutychus through the hands of Paul, and he was able to bring him back to life. If he could do it for him, he can do it for you. But don't be caught asleep at midnight. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to the Church of Jubilee podcast. Once again, my name is Pastor Jonathan. Your Bibles. Let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 20. And God is so good, you know. It's just amazing when, when the people of God just let go sometimes. It's just, man, it's so amazing. It's so beautiful. Hallelujah. And we had some musicians here, and I was like, why well, intend to take full advantage of them? <laughs> Hallelujah. But God has a word today, and I believe you're going to learn something about somebody that you probably have never heard about in the Bible. So if you would go to me to the book of Acts, chapter 20, verses 7 through 12. The book of Acts is in the New Testament, chapter 20, verses 7 through 12. I would be surprised if you knew about this story. So I'm praying that you would walk away fulfilled with the word in your spirit. And that you would walk away with a new knowledge of the, of the Word of God. Do we have it? Praise God. Thank God for my children who run everything back there. Amen. It is not easy and they have a boss at times like me. And that's even worse. <laughs> that can be a challenge in itself. But praise God for them. We thank them. Let's read the Word of God as we read in the book of Acts chapter 20 verse 7 through 12. It says... Hallelujah. Now, on the first day of the week, does anybody know what the first day of the week is, by the way? That's right. Come on now. Say it. Amen. It's already a biblical, by the way, Sundays. On the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, anything like we're doing right now? Amen. Can I get an amen to that? Paul, ready to depart the next day, he was ready to leave, in other words, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. <laughs> Woo. 
Some of you are when I said, I'm not going to take that long. You're like, oh, thank God. I've been a long morning, God. I don't want to listen to too much preaching. Okay, okay. Well, you look at the situation. And he continued his message until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together. And in a window sat a certain man, a young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep. And he was later overcome by sleep. As Paul continued speaking, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead, meaning he died. But when Paul went down, he went down and he fell on him, embracing him, said, Do not trouble yourselves, for his life is in him. Everybody say, in him. Now when he had come up, he had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while. He's a long-winded brother, amen. Even till daybreak, he departed. And they brought the young man in alive. And they were not a little comforted. Can you say amen as you sit down? Have your seats. This is an important story, but it's a very, to many people, insignificant story. There's not a lot of substance in this scripture, this passage of scripture that we read. And if you read it just real fast to read it, you're going to be like, what is this about? Okay, this guy fell asleep and that's it and he died and that was it. Okay, let me give you some background on, on what this story really means and what the Lord has put in my heart for our church today and, our, and the believers that are watching. Eutychus decided that the best spot that he could go to was a window on the third story part of the, of the, of the balcony, like area. Think about this for a moment. Eutychus becomes careless. And how do I say that? But why do I say that? Because when you go up, you know that if you go anything past the second or third story, it's going to be pretty high, right? You're, I mean, who would want to sit in a window and, and be like, the next thing that you see down there is I'm going to fall over or in the room, I stay in the room, but I'm here in the middle right you, who does those things who wants to sit in the most dangerous place knowing that if you were to lose your control lose your fall you would instantly die three stories high okay for those of you who have seen the amazon building over there by our house i would imagine what is five stories five stories i, I would not dare be near a window sitting down at a window with no protection or guard are you with me but the importance of reading verse 9 is to understand that the whole entire placement of Eutychus was a careless one. Meaning that the moment he sat down in that window, he had already placed himself in a dangerous situation. This young man was a young man and young people were careless. You're careless at times, amen? I like to say that I'm still young. I'm not that old, but I'm not a young, young man like my son, who's a teenager now, and my girls, right? But, you know, it's careless mistakes. It's careless choices. It's careless decisions that, that young people make, you know? And so he sits in this window that is three stories high, and you might be thinking, like, well, that's just craziness. But then the Lord started putting, as I started reading, and I said, God, you know, how many times do we place ourselves in dangerous situations? How many times do we place our, our, our lives and we become careless with them? And, and you, know, we, you know, I'll just give an example. We drive 80, 90 miles per hour without a seatbelt on the highway kind of thing. That's a careless decision. It may not impact you at the moment, but if it were to impact you and you were to wreck, you would probably end up being thrown out and die. So I began to look at Eutychus and I thought, man, Lord, he was so careless. But many times we become Eutychus. We become that person that says, 
I think I know what's best for me. I think I know where I belong in this place where I want to go do my own and I want to just live it the way I want to. And I think that I can do it my way and I become careless. And we make bad choices. And we don't realize these bad choices until later when it costs us something. When you lose something in the process. Because the reality is, is that we can easily be programmed, hallelujah, to the everyday way of life's habits. And while we serve Christ, we, we make it a chore. How many, how many of you are there? Don't raise your hand. But imagine that. How many of you come to church because it's a chore? Because I have to go to church. Because if I don't, pastor's going to be asking, why didn't I go to church? And we begin to get careless because we don't have, you know, that, that passion, that, that precaution to say, hey, this could be a dangerous place. If I'm not spending time with the Lord, if I'm not giving him time, if I'm not praying to him or I'm not going to him, I'm kind of putting myself on a third story window that I'm taking a chance that should I fall asleep a little bit or should I lose my balance, I'm liable to die. Oh, we don't want to hear about that, huh? When we begin to say negative things that open up doors to problems, we begin to open up doors to dangerous things in our lives. What we say with the mouth, the, with our mouth, with the power of the tongue becomes a reality for some of us. Hallelujah. Because in the book of Proverbs 18.21, the word says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. I'm talking about being careless. I'm talking about putting yourself in a dangerous situation. When we begin to open up our mouths and begin to talk about a man of God or begin to talk about somebody that, you know, doesn't deserve this or someone that doesn't deserve that. Hallelujah. And we begin to talk about ourselves and how we're never going to make it and we're never, we're always broken and we're always doing this and we're always doing that and we don't make it and we don't make it and poor me and self-pity me and we're in a dangerous spot. Because our mouth has opened the more our mouth opens, the more we speak. If it's not the good side, it's, not, it's, it's the bad side. We have many gossip. They spread lies. They continue to talk about others. They don't realize that they're a young Eutychus placing themselves in a dangerous situation. If you sit around the table and all you have to talk about is gossip, it's preferred that you wouldn't talk at all. Why? Because you're liable to fall. You know that saying that, you know, the saying that says what goes around comes around? That's not a, so much a biblical saying. But there's a law of reaping and sowing. Whatsoever a man shall sow, he will reap. What goes around comes around. A.K.A. But if you let your light and you let your life shine and reflect the obedience to God, you'll get to the next point. Because there's three points. And the first one was that he became careless. The second point is it's important to stay in the word and to stay awake. Okay. And here's why. Because Eutychus becomes sleepy. He becomes asleep. First of all, Paul's sermon was extremely long because it lasted until midnight. Okay. So for, for most of us, we would have checked out a long time ago. We would have been like, you know, Paul, I appreciate you and the anointing you have. But uh, I'm going to be real with you, man. I'm, I'm going to get out of here. I'm hungry. 
My kids are crying over here. Come on, come on, parents. My kids are crying. They need me all of a sudden. I need to go take care of them, you know. Mm-hmm. Right? We're all there. We know what I'm talking about. But the Bible describes Paul's sermon as going into the late midnight hours. Hallelujah. And although many of us can't sit here for about 30 minutes before we start zoning out right, right here in about 10, 15 minutes, you're going to start thinking, where are we going to go eat? And man, how come he's taking so long? And is that the right scripture? And oh man, I wonder what my parents are doing. I wonder what my dad's doing. I wonder what my mom's doing. I wonder what my son's going to be doing later. I wonder what who so-and-so's doing. Or man, you know, yesterday was interesting. That's, that's the devil. That's the way he works. It's going to be right on your mind. Hallelujah. The point is to stay awake. The point is to be awake. Why? Because a young teenager perhaps wanted to listen to this newfound gospel of Jesus Christ that was being preached by Paul. In other words, he was there for the right reason. He said, man, I want to go listen to whatever this man of God is talking about. But somewhere in the process, he begins to get sleepy. Somewhere in the process, he begins to get a little careless. Hallelujah. And he begins to fall asleep that ultimately leads him to his death. So if you don't see the way the, the chain reaction falls, you, you, you have to understand that what Peter, what 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9 says. What does it say? Be sober, vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, a lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. The point of the scripture is to understand that we are to be alert. We are to be awake. Hallelujah. We are to be aware and we are to be careful. Because why? Because there is a devil that walks around like he roams around like a roaring lion. And he says, which one of my, which one of God's people is asleep? Which one of God's people doesn't have a walk with God? Doesn't speak to him? Doesn't talk to him? Or hates him for whatever reason? I'm looking for, oh, there's my prey right there. This man right here. This one. I'm going to pray on them now. And here's Eutychus. He's up there and he's all, you know, listening. Man, it's getting long. And all of a sudden, I feel a little tired. And then he goes, and he falls. Because the reality is that Satan doesn't come and attack you when you're awake. You ever notice that? When do bad dreams happen? That's why they call them dreams, right? Because they happen at night. When do nightmares happen? At night, because if the devil gets you in your awake stage, you're more likely to resist him. You're more likely to identify the thoughts and say, that's not my thought. That doesn't sound right. That's not something I, why do I feel this way, right? But he's looking around because Satan looks around for the sleeping people. Who's falling asleep? Who doesn't want to listen? Who, does, who thinks that going to church is a chore? Who thinks that it's, no, it's just a bunch of lies? Who is that person? Because I want to devour him. Isn't he not like a roaring lion? And it's usually that we are when we are dormant, sleepy, or asleep, that the enemy seems to increase your, the attacks on us. That's why they have those, uh, I always have to ask you, but I, night, what do they call them? Night trimmers? They call, the scientific word is night terrors, but we know it was at an oppression. When you're sleeping, you feel that pressure on you. And it don't come away, it doesn't go away until you say in the name of Jesus. But why does that happen? Because you're asleep. But what does it really mean to be asleep is a real question. Hallelujah. Because you see, everything in the Bible, God doesn't just, just doesn't throw it in there. He doesn't just put it in there and say, man, you know, just put that story in there. It sounds cool. There's always a purpose. 
There's always something to be taken from. And what it means to be, what does it mean to be asleep spiritually? Because that's the real question. That's what really is involved in this story. Is It's almost like a, a metaphor or you want to call it an analogy. Whatever you want. Probably a metaphor would be the best term. But it's a metaphor for saying, hey, look, this can happen in the spiritual life of you. You can go into a dormant status, be attacked, and later you begin to stray away because you've been asleep for so long that you begin to fall from a third story window. Spiritually speaking. Are you with me? And we have here many in the church that are the believers that are watching and that are here today. And you may be a well-seasoned, tenured veteran, hallelujah, but you're more asleep in Eutychus. Here's what Ephesians 5.14 says. Isn't it interesting what this says? Listen to this. Awake, you who sleep. Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you life. Awake you who sleep. Why would the apostles speak about being asleep if it wasn't important? It's because there are times, hallelujah, where you will be there in your spiritual walk. Or you'll be there. And that dormant is going to come around. And you're going to feel long-winded. And you're going to feel like you're about to give up. And you're going to feel like you want to throw in a towel. And, and you're about to fall asleep. And then you begin to, like, I can't fall asleep. I got I to gotta keep my relationship with God. I say that it's time to take everything back that was lost. During the time we were asleep. Because if you're not awake, you're asleep. And if you're not asleep, then you're awake. Which one will you choose today? And I'm not here to cast down stones on you. I'm here to encourage you. Because the last point that we read in the story is that this young man had failed. He died, but God brought him back to life. Are you with me? Some of us have gone through some hard times. We've gone through some struggles. We're going through the struggles right now. We're going through the storms. Hallelujah. We're getting close to falling asleep. We may have fallen asleep and we may have turned that part off of our life to God and said, I don't want anything to do with God because this happened. So I'm not going to serve God because he took this from me or he caused this to happen to me or I had to deal with that or I had to deal with this or it's not fair that this happened or this didn't happen and, and I, I don't, I'm going to turn that side off. Hallelujah. But isn't the best into a story? The one where Jesus comes back and resurrects, hallelujah. Isn't that the best part of any story? That somebody would come back to life from a state of uh, a decay, a state of being dead, hallelujah. And some, for some of you that are watching and are here today, God is going to have to bring you out of that bottom third store floor that you have fallen from, hallelujah, and bring you into a life of resurrection. Because despite his poor seating choice and his dangerous position, Eutychus was actually there for the right reason. What was the reason? He wanted to hear the word of God. He wanted to hear what was being preached. 
What does that mean for you? That means that Jesus will honor your sacrifice. Hallelujah. He'll honor what you bring to him. Bring it to him with a sincere heart. Bring it to him and don't fall asleep at midnight kind of situation. But be there in the right moment and say, God, I am here for your honor and your glory to receive of you. The main part of that last part of the story was that that this young man is resurrected and if you ever studied what Jesus uh, did with Elisha the Tisbite in the Old Testament Paul does the exact same somewhere similar to what he did he goes and throws himself on the young man can you imagine that someone's laying there and you go and throw your whole body on him Wham. it was so unusual right And then what happens in that situation with Elisha? The young man comes back to life after like the seventh time. At the seventh time. He comes back to life. And then here you have Paul. I find it interesting that he doesn't, the Bible doesn't say anything that he flinched, that he thought twice about it. The moment that young, he's like, what are you worried about? I'm going to keep preaching. He's good. He's going to be okay. Can you imagine? I mean, think about that for a moment. The moment, just example like that, that ring just fell and everybody's like, what's going on over there? What's happening over there? What baby's crying? I need to go help out. What's happening in the back? What's going on, right? Here's this man falls dead. And, and Paul's there preaching his word. Hey, don't worry about him. He's going to be okay. He's going to live through it. Talking about confidence, Amen. Because he knew where his help was. He knew who he believed in. Just like you and I, hallelujah. There are certain parts in your life that you're going to have to wake up. There are certain things in your life that you're going to have to say, hey, you've got to wake up because God is greater. Because God is about to bring somebody back from somewhere that they were in a death, death-defying moment in their spiritual life, hallelujah. I'm not talking about just the people in church. I'm talking about everybody and anybody that has found themselves lost only God can bring you back to life he's the only one that has that power he's the only one that says you know you started off wrong and maybe you continued wrong but I can make it right but it's hard when you don't hear from him it's hard when you don't have a daily walk with him when you don't have a daily walk with him you don't know him it's hard you know, think about people that you've been around that you, you go see and they're family members and you go try to, you know, like you go to talk to them and it's kind of like awkward. Like, you're my family, but it's, it's weird. It's weird because I don't talk to you enough to know. So I feel awkward. Can you say amen to that? So I think that what we need to understand at an even more higher level is that this, that we must remain awake. What keeps us awake? Studying his word. How do we expect to know what God wants for our lives if we never listen to what he said in the first place? How do we expect to know what God's voice sounds like if we don't pray to him in the first place? If we don't spend time with him, if all we, you know, all we do is sleep. Because we're asleep at midnight. Not, not literally, 
talking about the preaching here. Because here's the danger of being spiritually asleep. Eutychus fell and he died. We know the story, God resurrection. But before he get to the resurrection, his mistake was that he fell asleep. Let's not fall asleep in our lives. Let's not make ourselves liable to fall and die, spiritually speaking. Let's not let our, our guard down that we allow, we allow the enemy to step in in a moment where we take a little snooze in a spiritual sense and we're there and we're sleeping and we're resting thinking and little by little the enemy is strategizing against us. Because a prayerless church, I've said this, is a powerless church. Applies to your individual life. No prayer, no power to do anything. No power to do anything, no victory you'll have. And whenever you go to fight against and stand against what the enemy throws at you. You will fall into temptation faster than ever if you do not have a prayer life. What used to seem that, you know, I would stay away from. If you have no prayer life, no intimate walk with God, you will not have that. It would be so easy to say, oh yeah, let me see this. But I love the way the Lord, here's the promise that, I love talking about God's good things at the same time. Because he was there to hear the word of God being proclaimed and God honored it. God didn't say, man, dude, you messed up. You fell asleep. Now you're going you're gonna to stay dead. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to come to heaven either because you're sleeping. He doesn't. God says, you know, the Lord, through Paul, through the hands of Paul, he brings them back to life. If that doesn't show a love of God, I don't know what would. It's not like Eutychus died preaching the word of God. It's not like he was stoned or beheaded like the other ones or hung upside down. The reality is he was there to receive. Made a bad choice. We all make bad choices. Amen. Some of us have had some major choices that we've made. Speaking for myself. But it's, it's amazing. This is why I started off the, my preaching with what a mighty God we serve. Because he recognizes that, you know, that Eutychus was there for him. And he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You remember that scripture? He doesn't say it just to say it. In the word, he means it. And it's evident in this book right here when we read that story of Eutychus. Because he didn't leave Eutychus dead. He said, I'm going to bring him back to life. And not only through I'm going to bring him back to life, I'm going to get the glory and people are going to be like, man, I want to believe in his God. 1 Corinthians says this, 1558, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Steadfast. Be consistent. Keep working at it. Don't give up. Be immovable, meaning don't, let, don't be easily moved by anything. Stand firm on, in, in Christ and stand always abounding in the work of the Lord. You know why? Because your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Our labor, our efforts, our sacrifices, the little small things you do. My kids, I, I have this to tell you. The little small details you do. The extra work you put in on Sunday when nobody's watching that you're stressing out over. God honors it. Brother Lorenzo, from the time you walk in that door with your joyful spirit, the small things you do to accommodate these people, the people of God and everything, God honors it. Every single note, every single instrument, musical note, brother, when you play is for the honoring and God honors it. Amen? Why? Because he honors 
the sacrifice of praise he honors the worship he honors he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him Eutychus was diligently seeking him that's why he was up there in that place on that unfortunately that that windowsill but he was up there to receive and God said I'm not gonna just leave you alone I'm gonna have the victory in your life I'm gonna bring you back to life so that your new testimony will be man I fell asleep I messed up I made a bad choice but God did something in my life. So if you're wondering why it's important, if you're still by this point saying, you know, what does this have to do with me? Why did I have to learn about Eutychus? It's because no matter where you're at, no matter how deep of a sleep, how much you have fallen dead, no matter how far you've gone, how deep you've gone in your own ways, no matter how and where you have been, God says, I am able to bring back to life what has died in your life. Hallelujah. Oh, you're not getting this today. Hallelujah. Listen to what I'm saying. There is a promise attached. God is saying, if you begin to just come back, hallelujah, I will restore what has died. Where the enemy has stole seed, I will plant a new seed. This is the God we serve. It doesn't matter your past that you had at this point. It doesn't matter how backslidden you have might have gone in that state. If Eutychus could be raised from the dead, then you can be raised as well. If you could help me out, Brother Abram, please. Can you say Amen. Let's give God a round of applause. You guys know how I work, right? I shout all the time. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a very passionate person, right? But there's something important and interesting that Paul says, and he says, do not trouble yourselves. For his life is in him. And I want to tell you today, don't trouble yourselves. God is in you. And he can bring to life what has died. If you have been asleep, then it's as easy as waking up and saying, you know, I got to change some things. I got to make some changes. I got to make better choices so that I don't deal with the consequence of falling out of a window. I got to place myself in a position where I'm not on danger, borderline. I'm about to fall out or fall and, and backslide away. The faith and confidence that the Lord has given us will provide a way for us no matter what. Why do you think that I'm here today? Because I knew my God. I, 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 when I went through my struggle, I said, God, you're just too great of a God to dis dismiss me. It was in me. It was in my spirit. I remember it. Everybody that, that was my Pharisees and Sadducees were quick to say, ah, you messed up. You're written off now. Oh, you should have. You knew better. Blah, 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 blah. And in my prayer closet, I said, God, you're just too good of a God to let me go. And I said, and I, and I said this many times when I was praying that day, I said, God, you know, even if it, it was worth nothing, I would still make the effort to give it to you. Because I don't know any other way. I don't know any other way. I only know God's way. Am I perfect? No. I just confessed to you that I had a big major problem a while back. 
but they didn't hold me down because I died that day the flesh died in me hallelujah but God said watch what I'm gonna do many months later we were at a preaching and I was preaching and she he gave my wife first lady confirmation he says I put people where they go I'm the one that assigns them not man and I knew at that point I said God I gotta get it right this time you're the God of a second chance that's deep because you don't know what it feels like until you're that guy that needs that second chance see you can live asleep in church never have any problems not have a need for God but there's one day you're gonna go to God and say I just need a second chance I messed up I was a Eutychus I fell asleep God I let my guard down for a moment and Satan came and slapped me on my face but you know what God I refuse to stay dead because Philippians 1 6 says this being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ that is a promise for you that he who has started what he started in you is going to finish it how wonderful of a God is that that he would still have the love to say I know you're gonna mess up you're gonna keep failing on me but I will finish my work in you let us stand